Radio.com and hit the tune in button. Pop up a link and I'll tell you where to go from there. If you still want to have some fun, tune into the Jester Radio chat room for a little extra special bonus. This is the Rebel tuning off, signing over to the Jester. Nobody gets off in this town. Trains don't even slow down. My high school sweetheart was married and gone. We met on the bus. Decided by the engineer dog reception. Greyhound stops. Your nobody gets off. But nobody gets off in this town. We're wired that nobody way. Nobody gets off in this town. No point in fighting it. Hi, everybody. I'm Archie Bell with the Drills of Houston, Texas. We don't only sing. Service announcement from Brill Cream. Finally, someone has reinvented the wheel. Hey, uh, you're tuned into the ravings of a clown on Just Radio. <laughs> Don't argue with the ball. Roger, we'll go. It's as good as done. The complete solution for your home PC. Jester Radio. It's your old pal, your friend, your buddy, your cohort. Just little old me, Jester. I'm the other white meat. China, Flana, Gung like Planet, Pluto. Come on in, come on in, sit down. Head up, feedback. Like I'm solo, always stroking my own wookie on the root of all that. Go, Mac, go, Gary. 
Another burn. Mother Hey, 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 hey. Good evening. Welcome to the Ravings of a Clown on Jester Radio. We have a short show this evening, so we're going to have to stretch everything out. So there's going to be a lot of that. A lot of that kind of talking. Hey, man, you tuned in on a great evening. Men at Work, Cat Stevens, Marshall Tucker Band, Queen, The Wallflowers, Don Henley, Donovan, Dylan, PPM, Tull. That's not even the half of it. I skipped every other song when I was telling you what. I'm leaving all the mystery still intact because we got that and so much more. Plus, we're going to take a look at what's going on in that sick fucking world of yours. And a little bit of what's happening in that sick fucking world of mine never stops. Just goes on and on. Hanging with the Lord of Sid behind the glass. Sid the neighbor, the world famous Sid the neighbor, his name is spoken in over 130 countries each and every evening. Hanging in the Jester Radio chat room, giving autographs, giving out advice, sage wisdom, words of advice. For example... Sid's uh, bywords or catchwords or profile today is change is inevitable, except from vending machines. So there, you got that kind of kind of wit and witticism coming from Sid the Neighbor. Plus, we got just the trivia this evening coming up next hour, and let's turn our attention to the headlines now. Governor Mike Rounds signed legislation today banning nearly all abortions in South Dakota. Here we go. This is, if in case there was any doubt that the radical right was waiting and hanging and lingering and lurking on the sidelines to get that uh, one last uh, Supreme Court justice to tip the balance in their favor, that all doubt can be removed now. The state of South Dakota has made it illegal for a woman to abort a pregnancy. So they did this on purpose, of course, because the Supreme Court says it's perfectly fine. So they want to create a shoe down at the OK Corral. They want to have a standoff. They want it to go all the way to the top. Every American attorney's dream argue in front of the Supreme Court of the United States of America. Now they feel confident that the Supreme Court is made up of a majority of conservatives. And they feel like it's a like it's a battleground. They're fighting for the souls of the unborn children. When in fact they're just fighting for little nubs that are stuck to the inside of a woman. They're not children. They're not unborn children. Unborn children is an oxymoron. If it's not born, it's not a child. It's part of the mother. So what this really is is taking ownership of women's bodies. This is what the radical right wants to do. This is what the religious right, this is their agenda, to have women under their thumb, to control their behavior. Because that's the crux of religion. The whole heart of all religions is control the women. That's what it's all about. If you go back 5,000 years since the invention of the first god, 
when somebody said, you have to fu- suck my dick, and she said, fuck you, I don't have to suck your dick, and he says, yes, you do, the fucking priest said, you have to suck my dick or you're going to burn an eternal damnation, where you can bet she started sucking. Because women are so um, inscrutable, it's impossible to know what they're thinking, they figured along the line, we'll just control everything they do. And it'll be almost like knowing what they're thinking. The bill would make it a crime for doctors to perform an abortion unless the procedure was necessary to save the woman's life. It would make no exception for cases of rape or incest. So if grandpa hogties you down, which, by the way, we're talking about South Dakota. This is not an unusual event. So when your uncle, you know, uh, Zeke straps you to the fucking bedpost, you're going to have to carry that baby to full term. Planned Parenthood, which operates the state's only abortion clinic in Sioux Falls, has pledged to challenge the measure. Rounds issued uh, a written statement saying that uh, he expects the law will be tied up in court for years and will not take effect unless the United States Supreme Court upholds it. So we got us... We got ourselves a uh, a little battlefront here. And, of course, all the while the religious right was saying, no, we're not you know, rooting for this guy to be Supreme Court justice because we think he's going to uh, you know, overthrow Roe v. Wade. That's not why. That's got nothing to do with it. That's not our hidden agenda. And 45 minutes after the guy is a Supreme Court justice, they fucking make it illegal to have an abortion, forcing a showdown with the United States Supreme Court, who is very possible because of the the makeup of it now, the conservative majority, they could actually overthrow Roe v. Wade and they could throw it back to the states and say it's up to the states on an individual basis. So the rich women in South Dakota will just travel over to the neighboring state. What's next to South Dakota? North Dakota. North Dakota. They'll travel over to the ultra-liberal North Dakota Or the poor who can't afford to travel, they'll just have to use coat hangers like they did back in the 70s. Idaho, they can go to Idaho to have themselves a potato while they're over there. We got to get Lord of Sin a microphone here. Plans to cut up to 10,000 jobs, mostly through normal turnover, if its $67 billion purchase of Bell South Corp is approved by shareholders and regulators. AT&T, according to their chief financial officer, said today the the workforce reduction would take place over three years. Um, Before the cuts, the combined company would have around 317,000 employees, including the Singular Wireless, which is now an AT&T Bell South joint. The new company would be the country's largest telephone company with nearly half of all telephone lines. It'll also be the largest cell phone carrier and the largest provider of broadband internet service. So, you know, we like to make you aware when these conglomerations are forming. Remember a few years back, it seemed like every product on TV was made by Beatrice. At the end of every commercial, it was like Jolly Green Giant at the end of every commercial. Beatrice. And then, you know, like there would be, you know, Nestle's Quick commercial and then like a commercial for the local bowling alley and then one for the movie and they all said Beatrice at the end it was like kind of freaky 
Because, you know, nobody wants to buy their, uh, you know, sugar-free sweetener from the same company that makes their white wall tires. You know what I'm saying? They don't want to get any grindings in. The Supreme Court ruled unanimously Monday today that uh, the government can force colleges to open their campuses to military recruiters. Despite the fact that the military has this don't ask, don't tell policy, which many universities find offensive, so they say, you know what, we don't want to cooperate with the government and we don't want to let the Army and Navy recruiters in. And the Supreme Court said, no, you got to. You got to let them in. Justices rejected a free speech challenge from law schools and professors who claimed they should not have to associate with military recruiters or promote their campus appearances. The decision was a setback for universities that had become the latest battleground over the military policy allowing gay men and women to serve only if they keep their sexual orientation to themselves. If you're straight, by the way, they have no problem with you going around grabbing your dick and saying, you know, hoo-ha, hoo-ha. So it's really all the guys who don't do that that are gay. Now, Lord of Sin, you were in the military for many years, weren't you? You were a military man. You were a weapon specialist, weren't you? You see a lot of homos in the service? Not open. You know. There's gaydar. So did you beat him up on Saturday night? Nah, you leave him alone. They're just people. Kind of gets you right there, doesn't it, folks? The ruling does not answer broader questions about the policy itself. Challenges are pending in courts in Boston and L.A. that could eventually reach the high court. Justices seem swayed by the Bush administration's arguments that after the terrorist attacks and during the war in Iraq, the government had a responsibility to bolster its recruitment. So because the government has a responsibility to boost, to get the recruitment up, then that should infringe upon the university's right to refuse to allow the recruiters in. I would think private colleges and universities would have the right to allow anybody or nobody onto their fucking private property. It's amazing what the fucking courts think, the United States courts think they could stick their fucking noses into. And you just sit right back and let all your liberties slip away. And, you know, I believe it was um, the guy on the $20 bill that said, uh, can I get change for a 10? And uh, he also said, uh, if uh, any uh, society that's uh, willing to give away their freedom don't, don't deserve it. Something like that. So you people don't fucking deserve any freedoms you you give up to those sto- so-called uh, Patriot Act, which was just this fucking thing that's been sitting on the shelf since Nixon. They've been trying to pass into law for the past 30 years. The first fucking war they have, they yanked that thing down, dusted it off. Yeah, we can bug anybody. They added email, of course. We could read anybody's email. We can arrest anybody. Somebody told me yesterday it was actually Bob the Engineer told me yesterday that if you invest in precious metal, don't store it in your safety deposit box. Don't put gold or silver in your safety deposit box because according to the Patriot Act, 
the government can prevent you from removing precious metal from your own safety deposit box and weapons. So it's quite a, quite a bit of freedom you people have uh, voluntarily given up. It's heartbreaking. Hey, you're tuned into the Ravings of a Clown this Monday, March the 6th, the year of our Lord, 2006, hanging with Uncle Jay, Sid the Neighbor, the world-famous Sid the Neighbor. Lord of sin behind the glass, please don't fuck with that dial. Trying to make your mark on society, using all the tricks that you used on me, reading all them high-class magazines. It's the monkeys on JR. Please don't fuck with that dial. Tricks that you used on me You're reading all them high fashion magazines The clothes you're wearing, girl, are causing public scenes I said, I'm not just stepping in stone Listening uh, to Jester Radio, Ravings of a Clown. This is Lord of Sin. Finally got out from behind that glass there for a second. I wanted to bring up a very valid point about the uh, the abortion law that was just passed in uh, South Dakota. Uh, Idaho just passed recently a law that prohibits um, drug babies to be born, obviously Im- implementing damage to the babies themselves. And if you think about it, if every child has to be born in South Dakota and you allow incest to happen, rape victims and such, what is going to happen to those babies? Because there's a small percent that are going to be born with damages. So are they really giving a shit? What's going on? I don't understand. Back to the jester. Sweet boy. 
Must be my 
but you got to look out. Whoa! Oh, Quicksilver Messenger Service. Some trumpets there on your left channel. ES-335 guitar on your right. Oh, I smoke marijuana, but I can't get behind your wars. And most of what I do and believe is against most of your laws. I'm a fugitive from injustice, but I'm going to be free because your rules and regulations, they don't do a thing for me. Hey, we heard from uh, Lord of Sin and his very um, intense and uh, accurate observations about the hypocrisy of the religious right. We were talking earlier about these um, South Dakota has now made it illegal to uh, for a woman to have an abortion for any reason, any time whatsoever, unless uh, sh it'll save her life. Hopefully, there'll be some doctors out there who have a fucking scruple and make up all kinds of bullshit stories about how their lives would be threatened, so they had to give an abortion. But, of course, there'll always be some fucking cunt nurse who's secretly spying for the right, and she'll rat them out, you know? But uh, this is the uh, you know this is the, this is the world the, the, this is the hole you've dug yourself into and this is why folks like Dolly and Bob the engineer and Lord of Sin have chosen to beat it the fuck out of your realm because you've dug your own grave, people. You elect these fucking people, or you sit idly by and allow them to be elected by these you know radical uh, fringe groups. And uh, I got to tell you, man, you know, I, I'm, I'm no big fan of the fucking Taliban. But, you know, the Arabs are always going running around or the radical Muslims are always running around saying that the Americans are terrorists. And let me tell you something. This administration are terrorists. They run secret jails where they torture prisoners. This is not the country that you people want to have. The world sees you as a third world country. And um, you're just, um, you know, the people you have in charge are some scary-ass motherfuckers. And, uh, you know, where the, where the vice president, uh, you know, runs the country, gunning people down in the streets, fucking schlanging the beers and gunning people down in the streets. And... Uh, and the fucking president choking on a pretzel watching a football game by himself. Can you imagine the president of the United States watching a football game by himself? What kind of fucking... I can't even... My mind just can't even grasp that. <laughs> Opening his argument that Zacharias Musawi be executed, the government asserted today that he, quote, did his part as a loyal Al-Qaeda soldier and caused the death of nearly 3,000 people by failing to tell what he knew of the September 11, 2001 attacks. Musawi's defense countered that his dreams of being a terrorist were far removed from anything he could actually do and that he had no part in the attacks. That is, Zacharias Musawi, in a nutshell, said his court-appointed lawyer, Edward McMahon, 
sound and fury signifying nothing. His lawyer is going to try and say, this is, of course, the 20th hijacker, the guy who never showed up for that uh, Flight 93 that went down in a Pennsylvania field. Instead of hitting its intended target, which, you know, now we assume was uh, the White House or the Capitol building. As Musawi stroked his beard and families of September 11 uh, victims watched on closed circuit TV, they had apparently arrested this guy a couple of days before uh, the uh, 9-11. And now they're trying, they're putting him on trial saying he was the 20th hijacker. He knew all about it. He participated in the planning of it. And he's got to hang for uh, being involved in the conspiracy. He lied so the plot could proceed unimpeded, Spencer asserted. With that, he caused the deaths of nearly 3,000 people. He rejoiced in the death and destruction. He went on, had uh, Mr. Musawi just told the truth, it all would have been different. A school teacher, veteran of the first Gulf War, and an Iranian-born Sunni Muslim woman are among the jurors who will decide whether Musawi is put to death or imprisoned for life. U.S. District Judge Leone Brinkima impaneled 18 juries and alternates in 90 minutes. One who appeared upset at being chosen was excused, meaning the trial will proceed with 12 jurors and five alternates instead of six. Apparently, they, the judge said, you know, you uh, 12 or 18 people are going to be jurors, and one of them started fucking, you know, clucking his tongue going, oh, shit. And the judge says, you, you're out of here. Musawi, 37-year-old French citizen, has acknowledged his loyalty to al-Qaeda and his intent to commit acts of terrorism, but denies any prior knowledge of the September 11 plot. He admits he was an al-Qaeda terrorist. He was just not in on the September 11 deal. He was being, he was being groomed for another uh, terrorist attack. <laughs> There's apparently, they shot their load. This is five years ago they did that, and we've heard a lot from al-Qaeda since then. So we know they must have had like dozens of things in the works, right? No, I don't think so. In his opening statement, McMahon appealed to jurors to judge his client fairly, not as a substitute for Osama bin Laden. Meanwhile, remember that old cartoon where the fat guy and the skinny guy get abandoned on a desert island and they're both starving to death? And the fat guy looks at the skinny guy, he sees in his like mind, he sees a mirage of a hot dog. And the, and the skinny guy looks at the fat guy. In his mind, he sees a mirage of a hamburger. And the two of them are fucking starving to death. And they're looking at each other, smacking their lips, saliva pouring down their mouths, just picturing the other guy as this thing. Well, this is what's happening now. 18 jurors are looking at this guy, and they just see Osama bin Laden. They don't even see this guy. They're seeing a mirage. So the question is whether he dies by lethal injection dies by electric chair, dies by hanging, or just gets a shiv between the ribs between now and the time his trial is finished. The question is not whether or not he will die. It's just how. University of North Carolina graduate from Iran accused of running down nine people on campus to uh, avenge the treatment of Muslims said at a hearing today that he was thankful for the opportunity to spread the word of Allah. He was grateful. Apparently, Allah, his special mission was to get an SUV and drive through the University of North Carolina Chapel Hill campus. Mohammed Reza Tahiri Azar was accused of driving a sport utility vehicle through the pit. 
popular campus gathering spot, injuring nine people on Friday. None of the victims was seriously hurt. Police Chief Derek Porch said to Harry Azar, told investigators he intentionally hit people to avenge the deaths of Muslims around the world. And he had apparently done quite a bit of research, and he had concluded that the children at play inside the college campus were to blame for that. Tahiri Azar, 22, appeared in Orange County District Court in nearby Hillsborough on nine counts of attempted murder and nine counts of assault. His bail was set to $5.5 million, and he was assigned a public defender. But he said after the hearing, the truth is my lawyer. So that means he's going to fucking die, too. Tahiri Azar graduated from North Carolina in December after studying psychology and philosophy. Now, folks, if this is not an out-and-out indictment of the education system in America today. Investigators believe he spent most of his life in the United States. On campus, UNC students held what they called an anti-terrorism rally. We don't want terrorism here. We're not going to stand for it where we live and where we go to school, said Chris Wampler, a student at UNC and member of the College Republicans who helped organize the rally. About 50 students attended including several Muslim students who debated with organizers and said Tahiri Azhar had not been linked to any terrorist group. Now, this is what the Muslims, they came forward and they said, well, we want to, you know, join in, you know, the rally with you. We're anti-terrorist. But remember, and this is what the fucking Muslims will always throw in there, the good Muslims, the non-terrorist Muslims, because they're so fucking sensitive. It's not like you can complain to your buds about your mom, but fucking if somebody else talks about your mom, it's like, whoa, hey, Joe, it's my mom. And that's the way Arabs are when you're talking about even terrorists. They understand. They know they're wrong, but look at it from their point of view. Walk them on their shoes and blah, 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 blah. And they're always quick to point out by the way, this guy was not associated with any official terrorist group. It was just a lone act of a lone, you know, lunatic Muslim. And you know what? That's the fucking, the way it is. None of these guys are part of a group. They're all little ad hoc fucking wacko groups. Who was Al-Qaeda? They're not like some official army of Iraq. They're just some fucking lunatic fringe group. How many people make up Al-Qaeda? It's not like a regular club. They don't have roles. They're just a couple of guys sitting in a cave in Pakistan with a few million dollars in donations from sympathetic Arabs around the world. And they have followers around the world. They're not associated. They're not friends of theirs. They're not part of their recruitment scheme. They're not officially associated with them they're just also doing psychopathic shit and saying we're al-qaeda so of course he's not officially associated with any group if next year if this guy hadn't done this if instead he waited next year and bombed a fucking building and and left a fucking message on 911 that said, you know, this was done by the Avengers of Islam, then he'd be an official group. Then he'd be a group. Instead, he's just got his fucking SUV. 
Stephen Mann, an 18-year-old freshman, said he wasn't singling out Islam with his call to label Friday's incident terrorism. He said a member, by the way, let's, let's cut to the fucking heart of this word terrorism. There's been so much talk lately. What is terrorism? Let me tell you something. Anything somebody does to terrorize you is terrorism. That's what it is. If people do shit to especially freak you out, to make you afraid of them, it's terrorism. The other word for that is extortion. In New York City, they would go around to the candy stores and they would say, Hey, uh, listen, uh, you're new here. Uh, you got to give us. I know, you know, somebody hasn't come along and explained it to you how it is, but let me tell you how it is. You got to give us $2,000 a week and we'll protect you. And the guy would say, protect me from what? And he'd say, from us. <laughs> that's who. So that's what protection money was for. It's extortion. It's threatening to get something out of you. If you don't give me this, I'll do that to you. That's just good old-fashioned extortion. So that's what these terrorists do. They say, let out all the people in the fucking, all the, you know, uh, uh, um, Pakistanis at get you know Gitmo Bay a prison, or we'll kill these five hostages. And then they always tack on to the end of it. And if you don't, the blood will be on your hands. That's the nature of extortion. It passes off the blame to the victim. Eighteen-year-old freshman said he wasn't singling out Islam with his call to label Friday's incident terrorism. He said a member of any religion who did what Tahiri Azhar is accused of doing, should be called a terrorist. That's all. He's a terrorist. If you try to hurt somebody, you know, some people's motives in crime is just pure profit. The guy who sneaks into the second floor and steals your jewelry out of your bedroom, he's not a terrorist. He didn't do it to scare you or to get you to cough up more shit. He just stole your shit. If you try to hurt someone in the name of a cause, that's terrorism, he said. Well, that's part of it. Of course, they say it's the name of a cause, but the cause is phony. They say it's the jihad or the holy war that's in the Koran. The holy Koran says that you have a right to declare war anybody who threatens or invades your shit. So they've made up this phony bullshit about how the United States has occupied their homeland and... Uh, so they rationalize, you know, blowing themselves, you know, strapping bombs to their waists and blowing themselves up and, along with innocent women and children. Police have been uh, questioning a bouncer at the uh, trendy bar where a graduate student was seen hours before her naked body was found. Bound with uh, white tape, which was uh, also wrapped around her face. She was apparently strangled by this white tape. Two law enforcement officials described the 41-year-old man who has an extensive criminal record as a potential suspect. The bouncer was on duty at the Falls Bar in Soho when Emmet St. Gillian disappeared February 25th, the official said, speaking on condition of uh, anonymity because no one had been charged yet. Authorities have said they believe someone accosted St. Gillian after she left the bar. There are several security video cameras in the neighborhood, but police haven't found any showing her in the area at the time. On Sunday, police officials 
Uh, some in white lab suits search the bar in the entire two-story building that houses the bar. For evidence, the building is owned by the family of Geraldine Ferraro, the former Democratic congresswoman. She was also uh, a candidate for vice president and a, a, a prosecutor for uh, Queens. They went into the basement. They went on the roof. They went upstairs to the second floor, Ferraro said. We allowed them total access to anything they wanted to see. I think they went in as much to eliminate uh, any evidence as to search for anything in particular, whatever the fuck that means. St. Gillian, student of John Jay School of Criminal Justice in Manhattan, was uh, found dumped on the side of a service road in Brooklyn. 24-year-old had been raped, strangled, and suffocated with the packing tape that was wrapped around her face. A $42,000 award has been offered for information leading to arrest and conviction. My brother went to that college, John Jay School of Law. Back in the uh, 1970s, I remember walking into the lobby of his dorm. I was like, you know, like 15 or 14. He was 17 going off to college. And my folks were moving him in and shit, you know. And as we walked into the lobby, there was a... Somebody, somebody had spray-painted a picture of a toilet smoking a reefer. You know, because the school was called John Jay, you know. Jay is like what we used to call joints. John smoking a Jay. And I said, holy shit, this place is so fucking cool. This lucky bastard gets to fucking live here. Hey, you're listening to the Ravings of a Clown on Chester Radio this Monday, March the 6th, the year of our Lord, 2006, hanging in the Chester Radio chat room. Why not stop by if you have a pair and ask yourself, after all, what is hip? Tower of Power on JR. I beg you, I implore you, I'm down on my knees. All right, one second. All right, now I'm down on my knees. All right, hold on. All right, now I'm really down on my knees. I'm begging you. Don't fuck with that dial.
Hypnosis is what it is. Berkeley Band, Tower of Power on Jester Radio. You're tuned into the Ravings of a Clown. It's Monday, March the 6th, the year of our Lord, 2006. Welcome one. Welcome all. Extra special welcome to those folks who stopped into the Jester Radio chat room to throw their two kopecks into the thick of the fray. More of what you tune into Jester Radio for. Coming up this hour, next hour, Jester Trivia. Put on your thinking caps, get them warmed up. Police have been, uh, did we do this story? Yeah. Iraq's president failed in a bid today to order parliament into session by March the 12th, further delaying formation of a government and raising questions whether the political process can withstand the unrelenting violence or disintegrate into civil war. Folks, what we got in our hands here, let me put it this way. Woody Allen says to Annie Hall, on their way back from California, and she's in the airplane with him, and she says, you know, what should we do about this relationship? And Woody Allen says, you know, he says, I believe that a relationship is like a shark, and it has to keep moving forward in order to stay alive. And he says, and I think what we have on our hands is a dead shark. And folks, I believe that that's what we have on our hands here with Iraq. I believe there's no finagling, there's no banner waving, there's no jingoism, there's no, uh, there's not enough fucking, um, you know, uh, uh, country and western songs that'll actually make peace in Iraq. There will be a civil war. It's more than obvious now. It's a Vietnam, and uh, the United States threw itself in there under false, pre- false pretenses, lied to you from the get-go and continued to lie to you all throughout the process while they ran what really amounts to a secret war replete with secret prisons and secret wiretaps. The deadlock came as snipers assassinated Major, Major Gen Mibder Hatim al-Dulemi, the Sunni Arab in charge of Iraqi forces protecting the capital. Apparently, he was saying his name at the time, and it took him so long, they just shot him. A torrent of bombings and shootings killed 25 more Iraqis today, ending a relative lull in violence. Relative lull in violence. Yesterday, only like eight people were killed. Officials also found four bodies. At the heart of the dispute is a controversy over the second-term candidacy of Shiite Prime Minister Ibrahim al-Jafari, who's most powerful supporter for the American uh, uh, cleric Muqtada al-Sadr. The Sunni Arab minority blames al-Jafari for failing to control the Shiite militiamen who attacked Sunni mosques and clerics after the February 22nd shrine bombing in Samarra. Kurds are angry. Is everybody following this? Because they believe al-Jafari is holding up resolution of their claims to control the oil-rich city of Kirkuk. Now, I, I, for a really a full, easy-to-understand explanation of this, I refer you to the Joseph Heller book, Something Happened. And there's an amazing chapter in there called Brown Hates Black. And the whole chapter goes like this. He works in an office, and the whole book is really an exploration of his life working in this office in downtown Manhattan and the sort of interaction, and the, the, the same kind of weird rivalry and, and cliqueism and clanism that goes on in the you know, uh, deserts of the Middle East go on in every fucking office in the world. It's human nature. We're tribal. 
So this is how the chapter goes. Brown hates black. Black is afraid of green. Green thinks that uh, black is sleeping with his sister. And if the whole chapter goes on like that, a bunch of guys whose names are color names and how they're all interrelated to each other and all this fucking patent place that's going on. So here you have the Shiites and the Sunnis and the Kurds and the fucking uh, the the oil in Kirkuk and all these fucking basically what amounts to a bunch of warlords fighting over these fucking ancient ancient uh, uh, battles. It's the Hatfields and the McCoys going on for time immemorial, and the United States sending over a couple of Marines to hand out candy in the streets is not going to change that. They're ruthless, wild lunatics. And my advice to you, run, get, get while the getting's good. Meanwhile, Hamas headed into a full-blown confrontation with Palestinian President Mahmoud Abbas today, voting to strip him of powers he was hastily awarded by his Fatah party in the last session of the outgoing parliament in Gaza City. An Israeli missile strike killed two Islamic Jihad militants and three bystanders, including two young boys. The Hamas-Fatah conflict has been simmering since Hamas swept Fatah out of office in January parliamentary elections, enduring four decades of decades of unchallenged rule by the party of the late Yasser Arafat, also a bloodthirsty group. bunch of uh, Syrians who were displaced by the Six-Day War, and instead of complaining to Syria, hey, why don't you let us back in, they turn to the other country on the other side, and they go, uh, uh, you're, you're living in our country. Get the fuck out. <laughs> and Israel goes, what? Why don't you just go back to fucking Syria? You're all Syrians. We won the fucking land off of Syria in the Six-Day War. It was given to us by the UN. You fucking people lost. And they go, well, what about it, Syria? And Syria went, no, 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 no. You stay in Israel. We don't fucking want you either. So they're refugees, all right, but not from Israel. They're refugees from Syria. Hey, please don't fuck with that doll. You're tuned into the Ravings of a Clown on Jester Radio this Monday March the 6th, the year of our Lord, 2006, sitting on a park bench, eyeing little girls with bad intent, our old friend Aqualon.
1969, my older brother Neil took me into Manhattan, and we're walking down Fifth Avenue past the CBS building, and there was this very famous homeless person that lived, uh, basically hung out all day in front of the CBS building, and he was dressed up with all these robes and uh, rags, and uh, he went around uh, 
sniveling and talking to anybody he would meet. And uh, I said to my brother, who is that guy? He said, oh, that's Aqualung. That's the guy from the song. And he was apparently this you know, notorious homeless guy. Ian Anderson on Jester Radio. Aqualung, you tune into the ravings of a clown on Jester Radio. It's Monday, March the 6th, the year of our Lord, 2006. Coming up this hour, Jester Trivia. Put your thinking cap on. Something amazing happens to you if you get this one. Hamas headed into a full-blown confrontation with Palestinian President Mahmoud Abbas, voting to strip him of powers. Did we do this story? In Gaza City, meanwhile, an Israeli missile strike uh, killed two Islamic Jihad militants and three bystanders, including two kids. So it's just a frickin' mess over there. So, you know, we got the Palestinians and the, uh, and the Israelis uh, up uh, in a flame. We got Iraq. Uh, we got Iran who are apparently are just a few weeks away from having nuclear weapons. And, uh, and the president says that Israel needs to be wiped off the face of the earth. So there's a shoe down a Bruin, as they used to say, down at the OK Corral. With new versions of bird flu emerging, U.S. health officials announced today that scientists must stir up a different vaccine recipe to try to protect people. It's not unexpected because flu viruses, whether in birds or people, are constantly changing. Federal health officials are merely trying to keep right on the virus's tail and keep our vaccines as up-to-date as much as we can, said Dr. William Schaffner, Vanderbilt University vaccine expert. But despite its mutations, the continent-hopping bird flu virus seems to uh, be content slaying wild birds and farm chickens causing an estimated $10 billion in global agricultural losses. Still doesn't easily infect people, which is good news, right? Not necessarily, says Schaffner, who suggested three possible scenarios. The virus could continue to spread in its current form, mostly sparing humans. It could mutate into a more harmless form, which uh, isn't even dangerous to birds, or it could become a deadly human flu. That spreads easily around the globe with the potential to kill millions, he said. Not trying to freak anybody out. We cannot let our guard down because uh, my job depends on it. To scare the baby Jesus out of you people. And uh, also because a series of genetic changes could happen at any time that could allow this virus to pick up the capacity to move from person to person. Of course, the same could be said about the other 40 trillion viruses that are floating around inches away from your nose right now. So, But it is these guys' jobs to, uh, you know, to freak you out. That's the thinking that led to today's announcement by U.S. Health and Human Services Secretary Mike Levitt. He authorized the National Institutes of Health and the Federal Center's for disease control and prevention to begin working on a second vaccine to protect people. Government already has several million doses of a bird flu vaccine based on a sample of a virus taken in 2004 from Vietnam, where the first spate of cases in people began to show. But researchers have noted the emergence of a second version of bird flu. Under Levitt's direction, U.S. researchers plan to create a new vaccine targeted at the second variety. 
ABC is in for a crash landing in the Oscar ratings. An estimated 38.8 million people watched the Academy Awards yesterday, down 8% from last year, the worst since 2003, according to the Nielsen Media Research. Except for the 2003 count of 33 million viewers when Chicago took the best picture, the Oscars hadn't dipped below 40 mil since 1987, according to Nielsen. The ceremony where Crash won the surprise Best Picture trophy, drew a 27.1 rating and a 40 share. Each rating point is equivalent to about 1.1 million homes, where the share indicates that 40% of the TVs in use last night were tuned to the awards. That's fucking unbelievable. Last year's metered markets had a 31, uh, 30.1 rating and a 43 share. The ceremony's central lesson, play a real person enmeshed in watching drama win an Academy Award. Worked last year for Jamie Foxx and Ray, this time around for Reese Witherspoon's portrayal of June Carter Cash in Walk the Line and Philip Seymour Hoffman as the glory-hungry writer in Capote. I haven't seen Capote, but I have seen a bunch of clips from it, and that guy is fucking channeling Truman Capote. Freaky how he does that. And uh, I did see Walk the Line, which I've talked about before, which was a phenomenal movie. And as everything she's ever done, Reese Witherspoon was amazing in it. And the movie was incredible, highly recommended. Sunday's Oscars were anything but predictable, however, as the explosive race drama Crash denied Brokeback Mountain the Best Picture Oscar despite the gay Western love story's frontrunner status. And it's uh, Best Director Award for Ang Lee. With six different films dividing up the top six Oscars, the ceremony hosted by first-timer Jon Stewart denied anyone unmitigated bragging rights. By the way, Jon Stewart was funny as shit. Never sat... Not since David Letterman did the Academy Awards where he did Uma Oprah. Oprah Uma. Have I laughed so hard? Witherspoon co-joined uh, co-star Joaquin Phoenix as uh, country legend Johnny Cash in, a, in singing in the film, gave credit for her performance to her mother and grandmother. Isn't that sweet? He taught me a lot of characteristics that a woman should have in life and how tough women are and how strong we are, she said backstage. And I feel like it really helped my performance with June because I sort of came in with an in, innate knowledge of who she was as a woman. What? Anyway, you know, speaking of this, I was watching the Academy Awards uh, for a little while last night with the Jeff, and I've come to the conclusion that I do believe they need to get rid of all them speeches. Now, the Jeff had a good idea. Everybody could submit a list of people that they thank beforehand. So if they win, they could just show it on the screen. Grandma, you know, Uncle Louie, the producers, the directors. And that way they won't forget anybody. They can put it on the screen and nobody will pay attention to it since nobody pays attention to it now any fucking way except for those seven people. And the other 33 million people have to just sit there. So just put it on the screen so Grandma can see it on the screen and let the fucking person say anything they want. They just can't thank anybody. So they have 10 seconds to say, it was great doing the movie, you know, and to my fourth grade teacher, fuck you. But they can't thank anybody. Imagine how that would fucking cut that show down to size. We got to send that in. Hey, you're listening to the Ravings of a Clown on Just Radio. It's Monday, March the 6th, the year of our Lord, 2006. 
coming up. Jester Trivia. Please don't fuck with that dial. I'm begging with you. I'm pleading with you. And let me tell you something, by the way, while I got you on the uh, air here. You got a lot of nerve to say you are my friend. When I was down, you just stood there grinning. Remember that? Well, I wrote a little song about it. Leave it right where it is.
Sun Act there on Jester Radio. Wallflowers. And One Headlight, Bob Dylan before that. Positively 4th Street. You see me on the streets, you always act surprised. You say, how are you? Good luck. But you don't mean it. When you know as well as me, you'd rather see me paralyzed. Why don't you just come out once and scream it? Supposedly about um, a visit he took back to Hibbing, Minnesota, the place of his birth. And everybody was so phony baloney. Hey, you're listening to the Ravings of a Clown on Jest Radio this Monday, March the 6th, the year of our Lord, 2006. Hanging with a bunch of folks in the Jester Radio chat room. Extra special shout-outs go out to our listeners in the United States, Canada, Germany, United Kingdom, Australia, Japan, China, People's Republic of, Saudi Arabia, South Africa, Antigua, and Barbuda. 
because some folks are in Antigua and some folks are in Barbuda. Argentina, Slovak Republic, and Sweden, among others, thanks so very much. Extra special thanks uh, to those who send in their requests and their email. You email us anytime to the jester at jesterradio.com. You could also get a hold of Dolly at Dolly the Receptionist at jesterradio.com. Bob the Engineer, likewise, is at anybody want to take a guess? Anybody? Anybody? That's right. It's Bob the Engineer at jesterradio.com. Request lines are open at www.jesterradio.com and or send an instant message to Jester Radio 1 via AOL Instant Messenger. Also, uh, if you get your request in through the Jester Radio chat room, it gets high priority. Jester Radio chat uh, trivia coming up this hour. Uh, I believe it's the next very next set or the one after. So put your thinking caps on. Something very special, almost magical, happens to you when you win Jester Radio Trivia. Drunken horse, uh, hearse driver, I should say, has been arrested in the West German town of Kreffeld after biting a cop who was taking him in for an alcohol test. Police had called for a hearse at a funeral home to transport a body to the cemetery. The hearse driver nearly fell over when he got out of the car. <laughs> celebrating Oktoberfest a little early. Then he had to hold on to everything he could find as he stumbled into the house, according to police spokesman Dietmar Greger. Police decided to take the man to the station to test his blood alcohol level, but when they tried to get him out of their, their car, he started to fight, and he bit a cop several times in the hand. The man was confined to a cell until he sobered up, and he's been charged with civil disorder and drunk hearse driving. Remember last week we told you about those uh, that girl who lost her two prosthetic legs? Um, well, you may recall several months ago we also reported that her one of her prosthetic legs had been stolen and then mysteriously returned. It's happened again. Two prosthetic legs stolen from a 16-year-old California girl have mysteriously turned up in her mother's van the second time in three months that an artificial limb belonging to the teen has been taken and then returned. Los Angeles County Sheriff Sergeant David Austin said investigators dusted the slightly damaged limbs for fingerprints and had interviewed a laundry list of people but were baffled by the thefts. We're treating this as a crime, Austin said. I fucking hope so, man. They steal this chick's legs, and they forget about the fact that this is how she gets around. They were worth like thirty grand between the pair of them, so it's like stealing somebody's fucking, you know, beamer. We had a residential burglary to deal with. This is grand theft and burglary, and if we find out who's responsible, we'll take appropriate action. The legs, which were taken from Melissa Huff's bedroom in February, were found on Wednesday in the back of her mother's van. Mrs. Huff had the van at Arcadia High School for about two hours, and when she drove away, she heard some rattling, ultimately found the two legs that had just recently been stolen and had been placed in the back of the van. Melissa, who lost her right leg in 2003 when a car struck uh, outside her school, uses a $16,000 prosthetic limb to play softball and has another $12,000 artificial leg for everyday use. And uh, loyal listeners of Jester Radio who know the pry... An old friend of Jester Radio um, lost his left leg many years back in a motorcycle accident. And not only also does he have a very expensive prosthetic leg, but he's got a special one for 
rollerblading competes competitively um, uh, in rollerblade races. Thieves also broke into the Huff residence in November and took Melissa's prosthetic leg. The teen's pro- uh, prosthesist and local real estate uh, company donated about $16,000 for a new limb. In January, the old one was discovered in her backyard, apparently thrown there by the thieves. Hmm. Playboy won't pull its March, itch, uh, its March issue over actress Jessica Alba's claim that she was made an unwitting cover girl to fool readers into thinking she's nude inside. Playboy has done nothing wrong. There's no reason to pull her uh, issue off the newsstand. Spokeswoman uh, Lauren Malone said, Alba accuses Playboy of violating her rights and misleading the public by putting a publicity photo from her 2005 movie Into the Blue from Sony Pictures and running it on the cover, complete with a bunny logo superimposed in her bikini top. Lawyers for Alba have threatened to sue Playboy unless the issue is pulled off the stands and demanded that the Fantastic Four star be compensated for damage to her image. Being on the cover of Playboy magazine has damaged her image. Put up your hands. Everybody put up your hands if you have never even heard of this fucking cunt, Jessica Alba, until this fucking thing started. They also accused Playboy of duping Sony Pictures into supplying a photo of the Golden Globe-nominated actress wearing a multicolored bikini and sporting a belly ring for their cover. Playboy said Alba was placed on the cover after being chosen Sexual Star of the Year by its readers. Perfectly legitimate reason to put somebody on the cover. She was included inside the magazine in an article on the top 25 sexiest celebrities as chosen on an online poll. So instead of being grateful that one of the most prestigious prestigious publications on the fucking planet is featuring her fucking on their cover and calling her one of the 25 sexiest celebrities and using and reveling in that she's suing them to have them pull the magazines off the stands and if you know two or three years from now when it'll be jessica who she'll be down on her fucking hands and knees praying to the lords above to put her on the cover of any fucking magazine anywhere the magazine added that celebrities routinely grace its cover without appearing naked inside. Of course, anybody that's ever seen a Playboy magazine knows that. So we'll follow that one for you. Monday, March the 6th, the year of our Lord, 2006. Coming up right after this is Jest Radio Trivia. This is a good road song. Don Henley on JR. Please don't fuck with that dial. You're tuned into the ravings of a clown coming to you from a secret location outside your universe.
Today I saw a deadhead sticker on a Cadillac. A little voice inside my head said, Don't look back. You can never look back. Don Henley on Jester Radio. You're tuned in to the Ravings of a Clown this Monday, March the 6th, the year of our Lord, 2006. Coming up uh, in just a couple of moments, we have Jester trivia for you. Put your thinking caps on. Get out your rock and roll trivia guides. 25-year-old woman grabbed a sheriff deputy sports utility vehicle on Thursday and led police on a two-hour televised car chase through suburban L.A. No injuries were reported in the pursuit, a staple of local TV news in the sprawling car capital of the world. The sprawling car chase capital of the world as well. Deputy Dave Jennings said the woman, who was described as having a long criminal record, was being questioned in the back seat of a deputy's SUV about a stolen vehicle. She made her way into the front seat, and she drove off, followed by police cars and news helicopters. The woman screamed and sobbed into the onboard radio as officers tried to calm her down. In the end, the woman came to a stop and was arrested at gunpoint. She's expected to face charges of theft and evading arrest. The living dead beat rhino horn. To be nominated Oddest Book Title of the Year, Bookseller Magazine gave the award Friday to a self-help book on being haunted entitled People Who Don't Know They're Dead, How They Attach Themselves to Unsuspecting Bystanders, and What to Do About It. (laughs) In a close fight, the runner-up was Rhino Horn Stockpile Management, Minimum Standards and Best Practices from Eastern and Southern Africa. Previous winners have been Bomb Proof Your Horse, Greek Rural Postmen, and their cancellation numbers. It's what you don't see the stars wearing at the Oscars that really provides the va-va-voom on the red carpet. If a star wants to turn heads, she has to start with what no one sees, the perfect undergarment to build up the bosom or to minimize the backside. Or, in the case of the sisters, to build up the backside. Lingerie has joined the gowns, jewelry, and handbags lent or given to Actresses by firms eager for the publicity associated with Sunday's Oscars. 
and other award shows, but there are potential pitfalls, whether an ill-fitting garment or ill-mannered observer. Designer Isaac Mizrahi, an award show fashion commentator for cable TV, was so intrigued by Scarlett Johansson's bra at the Golden Globes that he groped the actress's breasts while interviewing her. But homos can get away with that shit. Gay guys could touch anything on a woman they have they don't mind at all. A lot of guys actually make believe they're gay to get unlimited boob access. UBA. Most stars' lingerie choices remain a mystery, but Kira Knightley, Hillary Swank, and Naomi Watts plan to wear a simple G-string smaller than a thong underneath their gowns on Oscar night. Some figures' challenges demand more elaborate solutions. Finding the perfect lingerie for body-revealing gowns become difficult when the girl doesn't have any tits, said Parisian lingerie designer Chantal Thomas, who uses foam linings to uh, pump up the decolletage but with too much up top it's not so beautiful she said so the the women especially hate other women with big tits they're very resentful robert bihar who designed dolly parton's oscar outfit said the secret often lies within the dress itself when it comes to evening gowns the most important part is the foundation that's built inside the dresses says bihar who's also worked with uh, sharon stone and janet jackson we know how successful her uh, costuming choices have been. If you need to have your dress change, uh, changing parts of your body, then you should build it within your dress, he said. Stars of past award shows have asked London-based lingerie line Agent Provocateur for padded bras and corsets. One woman with a 26-inch waist wanted a corset to slim her to 22 inches. 26 apparently wasn't skinny enough. She insisted on 22. She nearly passed out at the event. Another with a small bust wore a padded bra that uh, didn't do too good a job. Nobody looked at her face the whole night. <laughs> well, yeah, which uh, for my money means it was perfectly successful. All right, here's your job if uh, you decide to accept this mission. The next three songs have something in common. It's up to you to figure out what it is. Be the first one to get the correct response into trivia at jesterradio.com. And, uh, well, something very magical and special is going to happen to you. Hey, girls, won't you gather around and listen to what I've been putting down? Yeah, baby. On your hand, dear man I'm not the kind to use a pencil or rule I'm handy with love and I'm no fool Fixing broken hearts, I know That I truly can If you're broken
I'm busy 24 hours a day Fixing broken hearts I know That I truly can Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on Yeah, yeah, yeah Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on And they'll come I'm your handyman Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on Yeah, yeah, yeah Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on Yeah, yeah, yeah Come on
The Mooch, written on a subway wall. Before that, Art Garfunkel, What a Wonderful World. James Taylor started that set with Handyman. There's something that all three of those tunes have in common. Be the first one to get that uh, correct answer over to uh, uh, trivia at jesterradio.com. And uh, or uh, instant message uh, instant message us at uh, Jester Radio One, and uh, something very incredible, magical will happen to you. Hey, you're listening to the Ravings of a Clown this Monday, March the sixth, the year of our Lord two thousand six. Singapore uh, today unveiled an audacious plan to build a helix-shaped bridge. By the way, we've gotten a bunch of answers. They're all wrong. So in case you're wondering if your uh, answer was right, no. Try again. Singapore today unveiled an audacious plan to build a helix-shaped bridge that will link a massive new tourist development, including a giant Ferris wheel and a casino complex on reclaimed land, the bridge which will cost around $68 million Singapore dollars, whatever the fuck that's worth, is believed to be the world's first to resemble the structure of DNA, the genetic material. Singapore aims to double visitor arrivals to 17 million and triple tourism receipts to 30 billion by 2005 with new projects such as two planned casino resorts and a uh, 558-foot Ferris wheel. The uh, nearby resort island of Sentosa is also being developed. Tourism is one of the biggest service industries in the city-state of 4.4 million people, generating more than 5% of gross domestic product. The government said construction of the bridge, consisting of a six-lane motorway and six-meter-wide pedestrian walkway, will begin at the end of the year and is targeted for completion in 2009. Bolivians have found a new reason to grumble about arch-rival Chile. The small five-stringed Andean guitar Chilean President Ricardo Lagos gave to U2 frontman Bono when the Irish rock band played in Santiago last week. According to Bolivians, the charango is a uniquely Bolivian instrument, and Lagos's gesture has prompted a chorus of nationalistic complaint from governor, ministers, musicians, and newspaper commentators. The charango is Bolivian, read an editorial headline in Sunday's La Razón, while the vice minister for culture called on President Evo Morales to present Chile's President-elect Michelle Bachelet with a charango when he attends her inauguration on Saturday. Lagos defended the choice of gift, saying the charango comes from the Andean plateau that extends into Chile. You see, so they have a claim, and we could all enjoy the charango. Resentment toward Chile has been strong in Bolivia since it lost its access to the Pacific 
in a 19th century war. The two countries have had no diplomatic ties since 1978. I'm walking out on Kilgara Mountain. Don't fuck with that dial. Send your trivia guesses to TriviaChesterRadio.com. Be the first one to get the correct answer, and something very cool happens. His money he was counting First I drew me pistols And then I drew me rapier saying Stand and deliver For I am your bold deceiver For sharing Whack for the daddy-o Whack for the daddy-o he counted out his money And it made a pretty penny I put it in my pocket To take home to darling Jenny She sighed and swore she loved me And never would deceive me But the devil take the women For they always lie Sharing Whack for the daddy oh Whack for the daddy oh There's whiskey in the jar I went into my chamber All for to take a slumber To dream of gold and girls And of course it was no wonder Jenny took me charges And she filled them up with water Called on Colonel Farrell To get ready for the slaughter For sharing the room Whack for the daddy-o Whack for the daddy-o For she'd stole away me rapier But a prisoner I was taken I couldn't shoot the water
mountains of Kilkenny, and I swear he treats me fairer than my darling sporting Jenny, Musharingham Durumda, Wackful Daddy O, Wackful Daddy O, there's whiskey in the jar. Carriages and rolling. Some takes delight in the hurly or the bowling, but I takes delight in the juice of the barley. Courting pretty maids in the morning. Gilgarah Mountain on Jester Radio, uh, this Peter, Paul, and Mary version of a 15th century madrigal where these, uh, you know, balladeers used to travel the hillsides of uh, Europe. This one happens to be in Ireland and uh, sing these wonderful songs that told these uh, adventurous stories. Here's one about our hero traveling over Gilgarah Mountain and spies Colonel Farrell and his money he was counting obviously not probably a, a military colonel but a you know it was more of a uh, of a term used for a gentleman um, a landowner and uh, he saw how the guy had his money and I drew me pistols and then I drew me rapier saying stand and deliver for I am your bold deceiver and then he runs home, and he puts it in his pocket. He runs home to his darling Jenny, who sighs and swears she loves him and would never would deceive him. But the devil take the women, for they always lie so easy. So he goes into his chamber for, for to take a slumber and to dream of gold and girls. And uh, Jenny, meanwhile, she takes his knife, his rapier, and she fills his pistols his charges up with water and then she calls colonel farrell and says come and get him and the next morning early before i rose to travel a came a band of footmen and likewise colonel farrell i goes to draw me pistol for she'd stole away me rapier but a prisoner i was taken i couldn't shoot the water <laughs> so they stuck him in jail with a judge all a writing and uh, they, you know, for Robin Colonel Farrell on Gilgara Mountain, but they didn't take me fists, so I knocked the jailer down and bid farewell to this tight-fisted town. And then he thinks, you know, I've had this lovely adventure. I'm, I'd like to find me brother, the one that's in the army. I don't know where he's stationed in in Cork or in Killarney, and together we'd go roaming o'er the mountains of Kilkenny. And I swear he'd treat me fairer than me darling sportin' Jenny. 
And that's the lesson of the day. There's some that takes delight in the carriages and rolling, you know, riding in cars. Some takes delight in the hurley or the bowling. You know, they like to go out and bowl. That was a common, it's like predates darts, you know, for the drinking game. But I takes delight in the juice of the barley and courting pretty maids in the morning, oh, so early. Peter, Paul, and Mary on Jest Radio. Um, before that, we uh, had your trivia set, Dion, written on a subway wall, Art Garfunkel, What a Wonderful World, and James Taylor, Handyman, and um, uh, the... Um, uh, Correct answer was gotten by B.B. in Tel Aviv. And B.B. writes that all three songs feature the same gentleman doing background vocals. And it happens to be this guy, Paul Simon. Congratulations to B.B. in Tel Aviv. You're listening to The Ravings of a Clown on Jester Radio. Slip out the back, Jack Make a new plan, Stan You don't need to be coy, Roy Just get yourself free Hop on the bus, Gus You don't need to discuss much Just jump off the key, Lee And get yourself free Ooh, slip out the back, Jack Make a new plan, Stan You don't need to be coy, Roy You just listen to me Hop on the bus, you don't need to discuss much Just drop off the key, Lee And get yourself free She said it grieves me so To see you in such pain I wish there was something I could do To make you smile again I said I appreciate that And would you please explain About the 50 ways She said, why don't we both just sleep on it tonight? And I believe in the morning you begin to see the light. And then she kissed me, and I realized she probably was right. There must be 50 ways to leave your lover. 50 ways to leave your lover. You just slip out the back, Jack. Make a new plan, Stan. You don't need to be coy, Roy. Just get yourself free Or you hop on the bus, Gus You don't need to discuss much Just drop off the key, Lee And get yourself free Slip out the back, Jack Make a new plan, Stan 
Very cool drums on that tune. Paul Simon on Jest Radio. Special thanks go out to Bibi in Tel Aviv, who got trivia correct this evening. It is he, Paul Simon, who sings those sweet background vocals on all three of those tunes. Special, um, especially sweet uh, vocal solo on Dion's Written on a Subway Wall. He's the guy singing that Twinkle Twinkle Little Star bit, which was actually an old uh, Dion tune. Hey, you've been listening to the Ravings of a Clown this Tuesday, March the 7th, March the 6th, this Monday, March the 6th, the year of our Lord, 2006. Extra special thanks go out to all those that join us in the Jest Radio uh, chat room. Bob the Engineer has asked me to remind you to uh, leave it on Jest Radio 24 hours a day, seven days a week. It's good for you, and it's good for us. And if you missed any portion of this evening's uh, broadcast, it will be recast at 2 a.m. and then again at 2 p.m., all times Eastern, or pick up the podcast at Podcast Alley, podcast.net, iTunes, and uh, some other places. 75-year-old woman accused of robbing a bank with an unloaded pistol. Basically, anywhere where you can get a podcast, you can get Jester Radio. Just search for Ravings or Jester or Clown or... 75-year-old woman accused of bank robbery uh, with an unloaded pistol was arrested after a tow truck driver block, blocked her in after a short chase. Police said Marilyn Devine of Baldwin near West Miffin, Pennsylvania, said after her arrest that she acted, quote, to help people who are starving to death and nobody cares about them. She didn't specifically specify which poor people she was referring to. Probably herself and her husband. Police said the robber walked up to the National City Bank inside the Shop and Save supermarket in West Mifflin about 10.30 a.m. on Monday, demanded money from two tellers, brandishing a 9-millimeter handgun. She was wearing a gray sweatsuit, a Steelers tassel cap, and her scarf pulled around her face. Former bank employee chased the woman's car until police took over and arrested her after a short, low-speed chase. When the tow truck blocked her path, police said that they recovered all the stolen money, which was about five grand, and uh, Marilyn Devine was in the Allegheny County Jail, unable to post bond this evening on charges including armed robbery and reckless endangerment. Bars and nightclubs in London and other British cities have begun using vending machines that sell sex toys like little mini vibrators, the pink taboo, uh, machines have previously been used in public toilets in Britain under the assumption that such settings gave buyers some privacy. But Jeff Todd, manager of the Alphabet Bar in London's West End area, said the taboo-boo machine is installed in the middle of the bar and it's used daily. Some people just use it because it's in the bar. Some people make a special journey because they're too embarrassed to go to a sex shop. Some buy the toys because they're a novelty. Some do it for a laugh. Some buy it as presents. It's been a great success. Some actually buy it to rub uh, onto their girlfriend's vaginas. In addition to bars and nightclubs in London, Manchester, and Newcastle, the vending machines also have begun to show up in hairdressing salons, health clubs, and retail stores. Taboo Boo Managing Director Alan Lucas said companies exported about 20 of the machines to Italy and about 10 to the United States. 
The younger generation isn't phased by sex toys. They don't believe they uh, equal pornography. Vending machines allow them to buy such products anonymously, except for the hundreds of people standing around watching without going to a sexy, sex, seedy sex shop. The 11 different sex toys carried by the Tab Boo Boo vending machine sell for an average of five pounds. So there's 11 different sex toys. I wasn't even aware there were 11 different sex toys. What are they? Cock ring, vibrators. I guess there's a variety of different kinds of vibrators. The butt plug, the ever-popular butt plug. Um, I guess some of those beads that you shove up a chick's ass. I don't even really know. I have not. I don't have a lot of experience with sex toys, honestly, except for the ones that are actually attached to people. Hey, yeah, thanks so much for tuning in this evening. You've been listening to the ravings of a clown. Please be impeccable with your word. Don't take anything personally, and don't make assumptions. Find the courage to ask questions and to express what you really want. Communicate with others as clearly as you can to avoid misunderstanding, sadness, and drama. And always, always do your best. We will meet in that place where darkness never comes. That's my solemn oath to you. Until that never time, Houston. Good night. See you tomorrow. Anyway, that's how it seems. It's hard to tell. Maybe people only ask you how you're doing. Cause that's easier than letting on how little they could care. But when you know that you've got a real friend somewhere Suddenly all the others are so much easier to bear Now to see things clear it's hard enough I know While you're waiting for reality to show Without dreaming of the perfect love Holding it so far above If you stumble onto someone real You'd never know You'd never know You could be with somebody who is lonely too Sometimes it doesn't show He might be trying to get across to you Words can be so well, I'd spend looking for your eyes Looking for
Sinks from view 